I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Last week I said that there should be separate screenings for adults and kids to kids' movies. Yeah. For the disaster artist, apparently there should have been separate screenings for people like us who are normal and idiots. <laughs> because we're all lumped in there on the same one, aren't we? complaints about cinema goers is that there are other people at the cinema that we want to people exist (laughs) oh hi there Mm. this is (laughs) i only like you Mm. a film review podcast yeah see what we did there today yeah oh tommy wiseau how you doing buddy Uh, I'm Lonnie. This is my girlfriend, Sinead. Hello. This week we've seen The Disaster Artist. We've also seen The Room fairly recently in preparation for The Disaster Artist. One of us has seen The Room. One of us has seen half of The Room. One of us couldn't really handle it. Can you guess who? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so The Disaster Artist is a James Franco movie that he's um, directed and starred in, and it's based off the... Famously, the worst film ever made, which is The Room. Kind of a true story. We're not really sure exactly how much is true. 99.9%. Tommy says the book is 40% true. I don't even know. Yeah, this is going to be a really hard one to listen and understand, this podcast, if you don't know about Tommy Wiseau and everything else that <laughs> to do with him. It's not our most accessible of episodes. No. Go find something else, come well, back to this one when you've seen it. If you're on the internet, though, you probably you know come this. across this. So, it's a weird one. Here's the thing. I've got lots of feelings, but not many thoughts because I I don't know how to, uh, I just feel. On the one hand, I'm kind of protective of Tommy because I feel like he's not all there and he's not all understanding what's going on. And I feel like lots of people make fun of him. Yeah. I feel like he's the bother jokes, even if he's laughing along with them. Yeah. You know? On the other hand, as the film suggests and the book suggests and everything else suggests, he's a bit of a weird dude and has done some weird stuff, especially in, in the production of this movie. Yeah. Overstepped the line, wasn't very nice to people, wasn't very nice to Greg, wasn't very nice to the other actors. So, on the one hand, I want to defend him and protect him, but also, on the other hand... Yeah. Is this film and this process kind of legitimate? Yeah. I'm really struggling with this, and I think that's why I wasn't in the right headspace to finish The Room because I feel like we're all making fun of him and Mm -hmm. I don't know that that's a very kind thing to be doing. Um. And I feel like the fact that he sort of goes along with it, it doesn't change the initial thing that we're doing. 
it just makes us feel better about what we're doing because we're like, oh, he's not offended. See, he's not offended. Yeah. But I would argue that I think Tommy goes along with it because he can't admit to himself that no one really likes his film and it didn't do as well as it wanted to and they're all making fun of him and he can't handle that because that's a horrible thing to mm. to have to confront. Or has he realised that what he made wasn't that great and he accepts that people are enjoying it, not in the way he intended, but are getting some joy out of it and so he's sort of no. rolling with it? No. No? That's not what happened okay. because he doesn't have an inch of self-awareness. Mm. Also, listen to any interview where someone asks him about people laughing at his film and he says, yeah, you can laugh, you can cry, you can have any emotional response that you want. No one's crying at it, Tommy. <laughs> no one's. I think he's interpreting it as you're going along with the emotions of the story and that's not what's happening. That's not what's happening here. And I feel like he doesn't have enough self-awareness and perspective to understand what's actually happening and I feel like we should be the bigger people here and not do that. To contextualise what I'm saying, in the screening we went to, there were a bunch of people who were laughing very loudly. The, the viewing experience wasn't great, so let's just put that out there. It was what I would imagine a viewing of the room to be like, very rowdy, very... Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, One of the midnight screenings, that's so like a cult thing now, yeah. rather than watching the movie for what it is. Yeah. So we didn't hear half the film. But that's fine. <laughs> um, they weren't laughing at the right bits, were they? Well, that's this what is what I'm me. trying to say, that a lot of the laughter came from just James Franco's accent. Yeah. Um, which, let's start there. That, not the accent in particular, the fact that you're laughing at it. So what you're essentially doing is laughing at the way that someone speaks um, and the yeah. language that they use. That seems mean-spirited, doesn't it? Which seems mean-spirited. It's not something he can really change or is in control of. Um, yeah, I just, I just don't like that stuff. Also the fact that they were laughing at bits that I said this to you on the way out. I feel like a lot of the people who are embracing this and embracing the room are having a totally different viewing experience than what I was having in that cinema. I would argue how they were experiencing last night was the opposite of what James Franco in the film is giving as well yeah literally one point in the movie where tommy is complaining about people laughing at him even though he's trying his best he's calling them the villains and people in their audience were laughing at him as he was saying that yeah they didn't get the comparison there did they no not at all especially at the end like the screening when you have the the quick shots of everyone laughing around the auditorium at him and it zooms in slowly on his face as he's crying it's supposed to be really sad isn't it it's that's what I had such an emotional experience watching this because I just felt this enormous amount of guilt, of cringe, of sadness. This is like a tragic story. This guy poured his whole heart and soul into this film mm-hmm. and it turned out to be so crap that people have put it on a global scale and are now making fun of him. Mm-hmm. They've built him up just to make fun of him of him. Like I just I just can't get my head around that. And the people in our audience last night, I'd wager none of them has done anything to rival what Tommy did here. Yeah. Yeah. And imagine if they poured their heart and soul into something 
and then get made fun of. See, I just don't like think that. they're getting that. I don't think no. they're getting that switch. That's then that's the risk you take when you put something out there in the world. I know, like, and and that's what happened to Tommy. But the thing about him is he's managed to become like a millionaire off it. He's managed to reclaim it in his own way. Yeah. And is that okay then? Is it okay well, for us to be shit people because he's fine with it? Not necessarily, but I think it's kind of an interesting way of dealing with it. Yeah. And, and, and in its own way, that's kind of inspiring that he's turned such a failure into such a win. That That is. I don't think that's what people are focusing on, though. No. No one's no, looking at that, about the fact that this guy manages to get the guts to go out there for every interview and every time he's pulled up on stage for something and be like, yep, here's my film that I definitely intended to be a comedy the whole time, which we all yeah. know he didn't. Do you know what I mean? There's just that lack of understanding mm-hmm. there. And I also feel like are we making fun of someone who is maybe a little bit intellectually disabled? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's, that... it's, a, it's a very hard one, isn't it? Because part of me is like you put something out there in the world, other people have a right to comment and critique it, mm-hmm. but also... Where is that duty of care that we all have? Well, it's like, just not a very nice thing to do, is it? Like, it's going to take a step away from the room for a second, but what if someone made a movie that was so bad, or made a book or whatever it is, a piece of artwork, let's say, and it was so bad and everyone made fun of it so much that the person then takes their own life, you know? Do we have a responsibility then? Or, you know, even if take a step back, they... The feedback is so bad they never do it again or something or it ruins their whole life or that's something like that. That's what I like mean. Like, like Tommy hasn't done that. He's managed to make a life out of it Is somehow. that the difference then, that we think this is okay because it hasn't seemingly hasn't affected him? And I think people who say that need to look a bit yeah. effing closer because it obviously has. Well, that's the thing. In, in some worlds, in other people's lives, it could be a huge public shaming event, couldn't it? That's what this is. But I think he's not shameful though. Is the difference? He's not ashamed of it somehow. I think deep down he is, and he's pretending yeah. not to be because okay. he's he's. It just reads to me exactly like primary school bullying, mm. like mm. oh your hair's funny. Why'd you do your hair like that? No, I meant to oh do no, it. I meant to do it. Yeah, yeah, I meant to do it because if you say oh yeah, I, I shouldn't have yeah, done it like you this, feel the shame. then you feel the shame, and yeah. then you're instantly lesser. He's got no choice but to protect himself, but to say, yeah, it was meant to be a comedy this whole time because everyone's But what if he's like humiliating him? I made such a bad movie and you guys will make fun of it, but it makes me a millionaire, so but who's the real that's the difference though. He's not admitting that it was a bad film and people have found joy in that and that's okay. Okay. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not sure what's gonna go inside his head though. But right. I think the end result is people are gonna hate him the way they like, but if they go into the screenings or buying it then he's the real winner in the end yeah i guess so So, anyway it did feel weird in that audience last night and you know what's really annoying me what's that we left early because they were being so rude they were screaming and they laughed so hard at all the non-jokes that we couldn't hear half the movie Mm -hmm. that was so annoying we left early there was a post-credits scene oh guess who's in it who tommy's in it we missed it so we definitely have to have to watch this movie again i think i want to anyway I want to watch it and experience it as a movie, not yes. as... I mean. this. Yeah, definitely. Well, the dude in front of us was laughing so hard every time Tommy spoke, and I could just tell, like, he was a loser. And I'm not, like, the sort of person <laughs> who hates people to say they look or whatever, but he just seemed like it. And he's coming here, 
feeling better about himself by laughing at this dude who yeah. obviously has problems. Yeah. Should we talk about the film's film as itself? I think it did an interesting job of showing him as a person. I, I think yeah. it did a much more tragic job of showing it than anyone in our audience seemed to think and seemingly anyone on the internet seems to think. I feel like it was quite nuanced and... It didn't it, shy away from showing what an awful person he is. Yeah. Either. And the movie is not so much his movie either. It's kind of it's Greg's journey yeah. that Tommy is a part of. Yes. And we really are seeing Tommy, what's and all. Yeah. Whether how <laughs> that's yeah. really accurate or not, how much that is actually true. But, yeah, I feel like I've said this before and I'll say it again on this podcast till the day I die. Everyone goes to this movie knowing it's about the making of the room. Yeah. It takes us half an hour, <laughs> 40 minutes to get to that part. It does. But I still liked getting there. At least, the, at least the getting there bits were interesting in this movie. I also feel like you couldn't jump straight into it because the backstory yeah. was what informed that. True, you so, needed the context of yeah. where they came from and everything. And I did kind of feel like once they started shooting the movie, they skipped over a little bit of it. Like we went from like day five to day ten. Like yeah, they, some uh, of that felt a bit haphazard, but it was still interesting. It was interesting. It almost felt like they didn't want to show that bit. They didn't want to show the making of the mm. room. They just wanted to have a sort of... Um, I don't know. Well, they were centering on Tommy and Greg's relationship, and that's really what the movie was about. Yeah, maybe. It was yeah. so sad. Tommy wanted to know himself, didn't he? Couldn't handle Greg no. having other friends or having a girlfriend. No, because he was his only friend. He was codependent. Yeah. And Greg, this is the tragic part of the story as well. Yeah. Greg knew he was bad for him. He, he gave he, up he, success. He, he literally up. got told that, yeah. Yeah. Get rid of that guy. But are we supposed to feel happy or sad about that? And I think that was what the movie did well. It didn't tell us you had to be sad about this or happy about this. But I think, you know, yeah, it was a really nuanced film. Because yay for friendship, nay for personal success. Yeah. So yeah. I, I really like Dave Franco. Yeah, he was sentence wonderful. I never thought I'd say. No, he's <laughs> fine. He's actually really good in lots of movies I've seen. Yeah. And he's good in the movie. I think they did a really nice job, hair and makeup wise, of making them not look like brothers. <laughs> they sure did. Like because in real life they look exactly exactly the same. The, literally like exactly clones. the same. Yeah. yeah. So they did a really nice job of of doing that. I I didn't. I actually saw Tommy there. I wasn't thinking, oh, that's Dave Franco. At the beginning, I was. Oh, that's Dave mm. Franco in a. Uh, sorry, James Franco in a wig and but doing a funny a voice. But after a while, he becomes it. Um. Yeah, I think they did a really nice job of that. I. I had a little bit of an issue with the beginning of the film, starting with Kristen Bell, um, Adam Scott, yeah, those Abrams kinds of people, and... yeah, <laughs> talking about how much they love the room. Yes. Again, it was there for context. So I kind of yes. think maybe if you don't know anything about it, but why come to this movie if you don't know anything about the room? I don't know why you'd see the disaster artist if you haven't you don't at know least a little, know bit, a about little bit about it. Yeah. yeah. No one's going to this movie because they love James Franco and they see all James Franco's movies. No. Like, you've got some idea about what's going on here, surely. I feel like, uh, I don't know, for a, for a fictional film, I didn't need real-life actors telling me about the yeah. story I was about to watch. Exactly. And at the beginning, I wasn't quite sure if it was Kristen Bell and Adam Scott playing being themselves or yes. playing characters in some sort of documentary. Because you don't know what the movie is yet. Because literally the first frame. Yeah. So I think I liked it from one level, but also wasn't needed. Same with the the end sequence where they had the side-by-side comparisons. Yeah, so I had a huge issue with this. That I don't think was needed at all 
we've seen the film, we understand what they're doing. We could see that when they were showing the behind the scenes and the making of, mm. we could see that it was pretty close. We didn't need to have it frame by frame, side by side. Maybe that was more something for the DVD. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And but, to, to yeah. me, this is going to sound really pretentious, but, you know, you listen to this podcast, I sound pretentious. Um, it seemed like those bits were just an excuse for James Franco and Seth Rogen and their friends to just mm. to just play around and see if they could reenact this thing. It didn't add anything to the experience. We understand that you've already made yourself look like him. We get the comparisons that you're trying to draw in the scenes. We don't need the shot-by-shot shot thing. We've already got yeah. the original. I really did not like that at all. That's fair enough. I kind of liked it, but perhaps it could have been safe for the DVD. Yeah. I also had a bit of an issue. This is just me in generally, general. I don't think it's actually a problem with this film specifically, but I really struggle watching um, actors playing themselves or a version of themselves against actors in character. Like Brian Cranston is in this film as himself, which they did a wonderful job of making him look like young yeah. Brian Cranston. Do you feel a sense of ownership over him? I would never claim to own Brian Cranston. No. Repeat, I did not own <laughs> Brian Cranston. But he's our Brian. I know. It's kind of like everyone else experiences him now, even though he was an actor for I know. 30 years before Breaking Bad. It's like when you have a favourite TV show, though, and then someone else likes it and you're like, oh, it's not mine anymore. You've ruined it. That's what it felt like. Anyway, I just struggle with the, like, he's talking to James Franco, but James Franco's not James Franco, but Brian's Brian. And I just, yeah, I really don't like that in films. But as you said, how can you make a film about Hollywood without doing that in some way? And I guess yeah. you can't really avoid of, it. A lot of cameos. Yeah. But you're right. With that, Brian Cranston was definitely Brian Cranston. But Joe Apatow was playing some other person who yes. happened to be a famous movie producer. That's what I mean. So I was like, at first, is that Judd or is that? Exactly, yeah. Because yeah. I thought, thought it was going to be Judd and he's... And Leslie Mann, his wife, right, but okay. then it was like, oh, some other person. So yeah. definitely not him, but kind of him. Speaking of actors you feel sort of affection for and familiarity towards, I love seeing Alison Brie in things. Me too. I feel like we would be best friends. Yeah, and she's married to Dave Franco. They're going to have the cutest babies in the world. Or is it one of those things when really attractive people get together and they have a really ugly baby? Mm. It's like too much goodness, you know? I guess we'll see in a few years. We will. That puts a lot of pressure on them. Maybe they don't want kids. <laughs> no, I meant for us. Oh. That's a joke about us. Right, yeah. They can do what they want. Too good for us anyway, probably. Love Alison Brie. She's incredible. I did think the film did a really nice job of sort of gathering all of the complaints that people have about the film and exactly why it was so bad and putting it in a really coherent way. Like, but this bit doesn't make sense. And then, yeah. you know, it did a nice job of doing all that kind of stuff. Definitely. You could... Watch this movie and have a pretty good understanding of what the room is about, I think. Yeah. But having seen the room, you get all that stuff already. Yes. Yeah. Obviously, more retreat for you. I don't. Oh yeah, some people are complaining about it being like too hard to understand, but I think you'd get it. You'd get the most of it, wouldn't you? If you hadn't seen it. If you hadn't seen the room. Uh, I think you're missing a big part of the context but yeah but you maybe. understand he's making a weird movie and he's making yeah. weird choices and stuff yeah and it's just a nice job you know when they're like but this line doesn't make any sense which is a huge complaint in the yeah, people like sure. it, it never comes back that kind of thing yeah 
My friend Jackie Weaver's in it, isn't you she? You saw her once. We exchanged looks. She knew I knew and I knew that she knew I knew, but I didn't approach her because she was. we were in a government building. Why were you and Jackie Weaver arrested together? <laughs> what were you doing? Josh Hutchinson's in this film as well. Have you ever met him? No. Where'd the Zac Efron thing come from? Do you feel like they're all just trying to get their mates in a film to laugh about this guy? Wouldn't you want Zac Efron in your movie? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think the movie itself did a pretty good job with Tommy. I didn't feel like the movie was gratuitously saying laugh at this guy because he is weird. I thought it was kind of presenting him as a weird guy, yeah. an eccentric guy, but not that that was inherently something that should be ridiculed. Nevertheless, people in our audience were doing that. And I felt really weird about it. Our overall point of this podcast, I suppose, it's like if the class clown doesn't realise he's a clown, can he be the class clown? Wow. You know? Yeah. Are we, there's this rule in comedy that you should be punching up, not punching down. But is this mm. movie by lots of smart, talented people, or potentially lots of smart, talented people in the audience, I should say, laughing at this guy who, let's face it, probably hasn't got all his faculties. He's doing yeah. tremendously well in his life, <laughs> considering <laughs> everything that's happened. Yeah. But are we laughing at him for being weird and being... Strange. Is it is it an easy thing to do to pick on the guy that's got a funny voice? And, and... Yeah, making yourself feel better by punching down on this guy who yeah doesn't have yeah. the wherewithal to defend himself. I think I agree with your point. I think the film itself did a wonderful job of portraying him as complex and nuanced and not as a laughing stock. Mm. I worry that a lot of the press around it, particularly yeah. Seth Rogen's sort of intro at the Golden Globes or intro to um, James Franco's nomination, was. This guy made the worst movie ever, isn't he so terrible? I worry that that was their intention a little bit with this, and I worry that everyone's receiving it like that. Mm. I know what you mean. Like, is it, I don't know, the more interesting thing to me isn't that he speaks a bit funny or that he's really weird and mm. clearly is not all there. It's that he's really secretive about his past. Yeah, what's going on and how do you get the money? No one knows. Where he got the money from. And, and how can you be so bad at yeah. something but still be so successful at it in another way. Yeah. So when I watched the movie, I wasn't watching it to laugh at the funny dude for being weird, the room that is, the original room. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to know what's going on here. It's such a cultural thing that yeah. is so fascinating to me. Yeah. But I don't think in a lurid way, in a way I need to watch this and be part of it so I can make fun of this weird guy. Mm-hmm. I just think I need I to think... know what's going on here. Yeah. You know? There was something really enlightened that Seth Rogen said, which is it makes you question whether quality matters, which at first sounds like a dig, but I think it's a fair point. This is a crap film, Mm -hmm. but people are still enjoying it. So it doesn't even matter if it's a crap film if you're getting people enjoying it. And what Kristen Bell says in the beginning of the movie, like if you took the five best filmmakers ever, they couldn't make a movie like this. No, no. The feet, the room that is, feet of something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to struggle with this mm. for a little bit longer, I think, until I... I just feel like if, he's th- if the class clown is being laughed at and he doesn't realise it, he's not a class clown, is he? 
He's the weekend. Mm-hmm. Everyone makes fun of behind his back. Yeah, that's what I think we're all kind of doing, and that just doesn't feel like a very kind thing to be doing to someone. And especially, I feel like we should know better than to do yeah. that. I don't know. And that's the thing. If the worst thing he's done is made a bad movie, he's doing okay I in know. life. I, I and he hasn't really done anything personally yeah. to us. Well, yeah, it gets weird, doesn't it? It does get weird. How do we not know where he's from? He's from Poland, apparently. Right. Why did did everyone he knew before he was like fifty <laughs> just die, and so we have no records of him ever? They reckon he would have been around late forties when the room was being made. So he's what like he'd be in his sixties now. How do we not know anything about him though? Didn't he have friends, a mother, a father? I think he left it all behind to come to America, and then right, who knows. That's Where do you get the money from? BuzzFeed Unsolved. Please get onto it. Oh, yes. <laughs> we tweeted. Oh, my God. We're sending this to them. We're saying we need this in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would watch the hell out of that. I feel like Shane would love Tommy. Is it? Did he? Is it illegal money? I don't know. Got no idea. Apparently he was selling coats. That's what he's, all he said about how he got the money. Mm, I don't believe that at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I don't think you can rate the room itself. It's probably unrateable, that movie. What about the disaster artist? Um, I think I'd probably give it either three or three and a half. I mm-hmm. need to watch it again. I yeah. need to let it sit a bit longer. I need to sort of, yeah, digest it a little bit more, I think. Fair enough. I'd give it four. I think it was really good. Yeah. Really effective and a really interesting story, well told. They were laughing at him and he walked out of the cinema. Yeah. And you knew that he had to be like, yes, this is totally my intention. The whole thing was meant to be like this. So, haha. That's that's the thing. Laugh at the class can all you want, but he has the last laugh, doesn't he? Does he? I don't see. Maybe. Maybe. I feel like I need to go to Tommy and Mm. sit him down and be like, dude. One-on-one, what's the sit here? Are you okay? Do you have all your faculties? Do you need help? Because what if he's, like, totally depressed deep down that everyone's making fun of him all the time and we just continue making fun of it all, all the time because on the surface he's like, oh, yeah, to, haha, I'm, I'm in on the joke. And what if in a couple of years he commits suicide or something? Then where will the repercussions be for all these people in the audience who are laughing at him because of his funny voice and his different hair and because he can't play football? Somehow I think Tommy's going to be okay. I feel like throughout his life he's always come out on top. We're really sad now. Your concern for Tommy is very touching. I think he's going to be okay. If everybody in the world love each other a bit more, it would be a better place to live. Amen, Tommy. But can you really trust anybody? Life's... It's, Most it's, asked question? It's the room. It's, it's, it could be a forest, it could be a bathroom. Oh my a, god, it could be a kitchen. It could be a kitchen. <laughs> what does it mean? What does the title mean? Is it the bedroom when we have three half an hour sex scenes in there? <laughs> oh, that was horrible, wasn't it? Mm. We're going to go try and find out what the room really means. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to the pod. Thank you. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> Bye. It's a nice keen to see that room. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.